Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book In My Father's House by Corey Tinboom, with permission of Light Trails Publishing and the Tinboom Foundation. And we are on Chapter 16, Safety Pins on Uniforms. We used every method we could think of to recruit girls for our clubs. We took lists from school or church. We talked to shopkeepers, and we even placed notices in the newspapers. One of our girls, Annie, answered our advertisement when she was only 11 or 12 years old. She remained as a club girl for many years. The advertisement was simple, but it brought results. It read, Do you like to go for walks? If you want to meet other girls and have fun, come to the Tin Boom Shop at Bartololostadt 19. The gymnastics club was one of the most popular. I worked out with the girls under the guidance of capable teachers, but I certainly wasn't one of the best pupils. Far from it. My girls were much stronger than I, and how they helped me because of my vain efforts to do some of the exercises. When the gymnastics club needed a slogan, one of the girls suggested it should be, We make straight what is crooked. What rascals. They looked at my legs and then at my face to see if I understood what they meant. They had such great fun together. The teasing made for easier relationships. We were friends, and when I blew my whistle, they all sat down to listen. Most of them knew very little about the Lord Jesus, and several of them freely admitted that they came for fun and not for spiritual matters. One time I flopped on the floor after trying some new trick on the bars, failing miserably. The girls did their best to help Tante Keys accomplish the simple exercises. I spied Greech sitting cross-legged in the corner and moved warily towards her. Then I saw that she was crying, and I asked her if she wanted to tell me what was wrong. My older sister Betty is dying. I have learned so much here about Jesus, but I know she doesn't know anything about him. Tell her, I said. But how, Tante Keys? I don't know as much as you do. Tell her about the cross where Jesus died to carry the punishment that we earned. Tell Betty that Jesus loves her and has said, Come unto me all, and that means Betty too. Greech began to cry harder, but it was her turn to work out on the bar, so she struggled to get up and wiped away the tears. After she was through, she came back to me. Then what shall I do? Ask Betty if she knows that she's a sinner. She knows that. Tell her that every sinner may come to Jesus. She must ask forgiveness, and then he will make her heart clean. You know what I told you about that today. She must ask Jesus to come into her heart. Let her first say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Greech went back for another workout. The third time we talked, I said, tell Betty that Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for everyone who belongs to me. When Betty gives her heart to Jesus, she surely will belong to him. For several gymnasium evenings, I taught Gretch more about the way to bring Betty to the Lord. After a few weeks, I was invited to come to their home. Greech invited me at the door, and there was no sign of a distressed little girl. Tante Keys, come in. I want you to see Betty. Resting on a small bed against the wall was a pale young girl smiling at me with a radiance only God can give. Jesus is in my heart. He has forgiven me my sins. Greech told me all about it. Some days later, that girl died, and again I had to speak at a burial. I praise the Lord that my work in gymnastics with the girls, even though awkward at times, had been used to reach someone before it was too late. Gradually, the clubs began to take on some degree of organization. It was exciting to see that it wasn't a case of imposing organization first. 
then adding upon it the concept of the girls' club, but the need coming before the structured format. Out of the gymnastics club, in particular, came the girl guide clubs in Holland. The uniform slogans, songs, and mottos were gradually added, but only as there was a necessity for them. We did discover, however, that there was a healthy difference between boy scouting and girl scouting. One of our gymnastic teachers was a scout leader. I asked him what activities he had with the boys that week, and he showed me some games and taught me some knots. Oh, well, I thought, we can do that. The next day, I taught the knots and played games with the girl guides. This is easy. I'll just ask him each week what he does and copy those activities. The next week, he told me that he had fastened a strong rope on the tree at the top of a dune and strung the rope to another tree some distance away. The boys had to climb along that rope from one end to the other. I listened to this idea, but that day it dawned on my stupid mind that Boy Scouting and Girl Scouting were two different things. The End of the World One evening I was meeting with a group of pioneers, the older girl guides, when Max, one of our faithful members, ran into the room late and breathless, her voice high with alarm. Tanty Keys, there's something wrong with the stars. They're running all over the sky as if they want to see what's happening on the other side of the horizon. The girls, excitable creatures that they were, jumped up and ran outside. Why, those are meteors, I said. Let's go to the Kenna Park and watch from there. We can see better. We ran to the Kenna Park where our beautiful cherry tree, the Bride of Harlem, was and watched the exciting display of shooting stars. Peach said, I'm scared. Is it the end of the world? Girls, those are not stars, but meteors, perhaps broken off from other planets. As soon as they enter to the Earth's atmosphere, they're heated and become luminous, like a streak of light. Peach, this isn't a sign of the end of the world, although Jesus has told us that when he comes, one of the signs of time will be terrifying things happening in the heavens. Jesus told us to look for these signs. Peter makes it very practical when he tells us, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Second Peter 3.14 We returned to the clubhouse and were seated again in our circle on the floor as the questions began to tumble out. It was an exciting time of sharing and I was thankful for the shooting stars. I told about the many signs that Jesus mentioned and that Luke 21.32 tells us that the generation will see all these signs shall not pass away until they are all fulfilled. Jap was one of the girls who was a deep thinker. I wonder, Tantikis, if we're living in the generation when all the signs will be fulfilled and Christ will return. We should keep our triangle within the circle and not forget it. The triangle represented three stages of development, social, intellectual, physical. The circle meant the spiritual development. We emphasized that when the triangle was within the circle, we were in the proper position in our lives as children of God. Millie was puzzled. This was only her second time in our club, and she was hearing us speak of spiritual matters which confused her. What does that mean? About the triangle and the circle, she said. Are you speaking in a secret language? For the first time, mine spoke up. It means stop trying to work things out for yourself and ask God to do it. I tried hard, but it didn't help. Now I have asked him to manage me. On Parade there was one outstanding yearly occasion where my father took a direct part in working with our girls. This was the important Holland holiday on the Queen's birthday. On August the 31st, Queen Wilhelmina's birthday, there was a great celebration with parades, speeches, picnics, and fairs. 
It was an old-fashioned Fourth of July done-up Dutch style. Father, as one of Harlem's leading citizens, organized the activities of the day and sat on the platform with the mayor. Since Father was the chairman of the parade committee, my girl guides always had a very prominent place in the lineup. We could display our flag with a triangle inside the circle and take the opportunity to explain to everyone who asked what the significance was of our symbol. On one parade route, we marched with an elaborate horse-drawn carriage, resplendent with a liveried coachman. It was so elegant that I couldn't resist poking my head out of the coach window and making a funny face. Father, however, was always dignified in spite of his prankish daughter. After Wilhelmina was replaced by her daughter, Juliana, as queen, the date for the celebration was changed to April the 30th. Since the following day was May Day, the occasion for the International Communist Parade, we always arranged for all the banners to be removed so the communists couldn't take advantage of our decorations. Going International The club work and the girl guide activities grew each year until some members of the YMCA in America heard of these efforts and invited us to an international conference in Riga, Latvia. Little Latvia was an independent country then, still able to practice religious freedom. After the communists seized Latvia in 1940, Christian practices were stamped out. It was in the 1930s when I went to Latvia. On the way to the conference grounds, I was invited to be the guest of two old ladies in their home. Their country had been torn by wars and revolutions and had changed nationalities several times. During one revolution, the house of the old woman had been raided. Many of their valuable possessions were destroyed and their antique wall clock severely damaged. It had been repaired many times since then, but never was able to strike the hours. The chain for the weight was hopelessly tangled, so I decided to try my hand at repairing the clock. I worked on the clock for quite some time, although I am a repairer of watches and not clocks. It was frustrating, so I talked over the problem with the Lord, and he gave me a solution. I can still see the two ladies standing hand in hand, tears of joy on their face, when they heard their clock strike again. That night, when one of them heard the clock, she awakened the other and whispered, Father's clock is striking. How glad I was that I was a watchmaker and could bring some happiness into their lonely lives. At the conference, I learned that I had a lot to learn. I had heard about the leadership of the girl guides in other countries, and it felt like a real beginner. The spiritual training, however, was a bit of a disappointment. There was a lot of talk about character building until I finally asked, Don't you think that we miss the purpose when we tell the girls to be good citizens but fail to bring them to Christ? To my amazement, they changed the program because of that question. The talk about evangelization in the clubs had been planned for the last day but it was rescheduled for the second day. When I returned home, we decided to improve our image somewhat and have better uniforms. We made dark blue uniforms, but if the girls didn't have enough money for that, we said that any navy blue dress was adequate. With my own homemade uniform, an orange ribbon substituted for the official girls' guide scarf, I went to my second international conference on a mountain near Vienna, Austria. There I met the top leaders of the girl guide movement in England, and they were very proper. Once we had an official roll call and I couldn't find my belt. I grabbed a belt from another dress and then put that around my waist. We were making a horseshoe march in formation and Dutch girl guide whispered to me in agony when she passed me. You have two belts. One is hanging on your back. Suddenly I felt very shabby. I compared my dress with the smart uniforms, perfect to the smallest detail. I began to feel like Alice in Wonderland when she grew into a giant. 
There I was with two belts and that glaring orange ribbon fastened to my front with a safety pin. One of the girl guide officers said to me, I'm glad that I had a chance to meet you and talk on the top of this mountain. But if I met you in such a uniform in London, I would act as if I'd never seen you before. After that experience, I realized that this enterprise was too serious to remain amateurish. When I returned to Holland, we asked some prominent and talented women to help us form a national board of directors. We studied handbooks from all other areas and held many conferences. Since there were a group of women interested in this work from many different places in Holland, we chose a central meeting place, the railway station in Amsterdam. We could work in the quiet first-class waiting room until the moment our trains left. But I became concerned about the direction of the girl guides. Coming in contact with leaders from other parts of the country, we discovered that religious instruction was not acceptable. It was considered propaganda for our religion. We could have clubs for Christian girls with Christian leaders, but our aim to reach other girls was made impossible. It seemed that all the club work, Bible studies, conferences, camps, were just preparations for something more. Consequently, a new Christian movement was born. Netherland Girls Club grew out of the Girl Guide movement and added the missing dimension. After a few years, the outreach of these clubs burst beyond the borders of Holland, and we had 6,000 members in the Netherlands, East Indies, and 800 in the West Indies. Because of our symbol, the name of our club members was Triangle of Girls. The first article of our club law was impressed upon many young minds. It was, Seek Your Strength Through Prayer. Years later, in a time when camping and parades, conferences and singing were beautiful memories of peaceful times, I was in a prison cell. Every sound was magnified in the deadly silence of those cubicles. I realized there was a girl crying next door, and I called to her and said, Don't cry. Be strong. We'll be free soon. The answer shocked me. Tainty Keys? Oh, Tainty Keys, is that you? I'm Annie. I recognized her voice. She was one of my faithful club girls who had been arrested after my family and I had been taken to prison. My heart almost stopped. That poor girl was the last person I expected to be strong in such a terrible spot. I called to her through the bars of the prison walls. Annie, do you remember the first article of the club law? Seek your strength through prayer. She stopped crying. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians 4, 6. That's the end of chapter 16, and number 17 is next week, and it is opposition. I hope you're enjoying the book as much as I am. I look forward to next week. I love you. I'm praying for you, and bye-bye for now.